And welcome to the latest edition of Let Me Tell You Something, where myself, Lorcan Mullen, and my co-host, Simon Cross, continue to work through every match that Dave Meltzer has rated five stars or higher. And as we've been saying in our recent episodes, Dave Meltzer just kind of broke the bank and it was all guns a-blazing. Oprah Winfrey would be feeling like he should be a bit more um, thrifty, would be the kind way to say it. You get five stars. You get five stars. You get six and a half stars. He even He's quite dish- literally spaffing his constellations all over the place. Absolutely. And he was dishing them out just in one night on one venue because this is the second match on the NXT TakeOver of 2018 April. I've suddenly forgotten the venue. It New Orleans? was New Orleans, yes. yes. Simon, what match are we covering today? We're covering the unsanctioned match between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. It was unsanctioned. It didn't happen. They signed a hold harmless agreement. This can't be five stars. Moving on to the next episode. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Triple H loves his hold harmless agreements, doesn't he? He does. He's someone who likes a thesaurus, doesn't he? Hold harmless, abeyance, all all the things. I think it just makes wrestling sound more uh, formal. I think that's something he quite likes. Just well, you know, verily, Simon, let us Wait. forthwith proceedeth. Uh, I'm just going to put the th- at the end um, and discuss. I thought you were impersonating Chris Eubank. <laughs> let us discuss these pugilistic participants. I swear to Christ, uh, I shouldn't do that, but I swear, I remember in the nineties. Chris Eubank hosted an episode of Top of the Pops. It was the SNL of, of the UK in the mid-90s. Um, <laughs> and he, I think the only reason he did it... In my memory, this is how it happened. And I think the only reason they hired him for this week was he said, as he ran down the chart, at six, it thugs with Cecilia. And you reckon that is the sole I reason? I think that is pretty much the main reason they hired him at that point, for that episode. <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about uh, two men that do not have uh, Chris Eubanks' lisp, but they may have similar concussive sins, um, similar number of concussions with the way that they push themselves so far in, in many matches. Um, so this is maybe, this feud is maybe NXT's masterpiece. Oh yeah. It's a magnum opus, as it were. A multi-act epic told over a number of years that depending on whether you look at how you look at it or not, either slightly through no uh, fault of its own was not able to end the right way or maybe that ending is yet to come. What was funny about Champa and Gargano, as I recall it, they were the first ones to be this, I guess this halfway house between WWE employee and still working an independent uh, on the independent scene at the same time that you now have with most of the NXT UK talents you have NXT talent appearing on promotions such as Evolve um, yeah 
I think a couple of other promotions they might be in sort of um, starting arrangements. Obviously, Progress Wrestling as well, and OTT, but that's more the NXT UK talent for the most part. Um, and like I said, I mean, I remember Johnny Gargano essentially being treated uh, presented as a like a jobber to the stars in one or two episodes early on in that run, like having a semi squash match against uh, Baron Corbin. But now at this point, he's Pretty much, this is the match that cements him as Johnny Takeover at this point, I guess. You know, yeah, they've, they've this had is... the classics against DIY, and now Johnny Gargano got a five star match at the previous Takeover against Andrade, and now he's main eventing ahead of Andrade, who's the champion and who lost the title in this in this show to Alistair Black in another great match. Um, yeah, this is this is um, like it's. It is literally like um, you're right. It is like the centerpiece of the organization. It's it. I I'd go for as far as say it's the hottest thing wrestling had at this point. Mm. And I don't know about that. When you look at what Okada and Omega and others are doing in New Japan at the same time, and Naito. Mm, I, no, in North I, I, America, I think you probably got a point. Yeah, well, it's it's a tough one, but what we've done, is, I, I'm just relying on the, WWE's global reach there. But. Let's not forget as well, this is NXT TakeOver uh, for the WrestleMania weekend, so probably the most high-profile NXT show you can have. We've got fireworks and WrestleMania budgets going on behind us as we talk. Oh, hey. Kind of giving away, yes, we're at that time of recording when fireworks shops have opened briefly, and the <laughs> riffraff have taken advantage of this. And I started exploding the sky with... Reckless aplomb. Very, very, very shitty fireworks. <laughs> but there's nothing shitty about this match. Indeed, I would be curious to see what uh, what that what that woman who used to study people's shit would think about the diets of both of these men. Because my, one of my first notes is there is about three percent body fat in total in the ring with those two. And and Drake is a uh, Drake. The referee's no uh, no slouch either in the lean muscle. Front. He's one of the more hench refs WWE mm. have. Mm. Um, yeah, like no, they are. This is their moment. Like to paraphrase Martin McCutcheon, um, they they are both. You can tell they have both been crushing it at the gym, ready for this. Oh my goodness, yes. You know, because because Champa can't work his legs, he decided he will work every one of his abs. <laughs> for the well, he's got all that um, rest time as well. I mean, mm. I know. Because his like knee was knackered, but still, like it's it's done his body no end of good. Well, for the apparently, his his rehab, he's a rehab machine, um, like the likes of which no one can quite believe. Really, he's like John Cena. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, Although that's more of an Adi and Adam Antium core. Okay, Adamantium. I can't. The Wolverine element. Thank you. Oh, to be fair, my mom's just sent me a text about this as well. It's also Diwali. So, in no way am I associating the, the Hindu people with this uh, <laughs> firework assholery. I had forgotten about that. That is a good show. Us uncultured swines! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is... Um, what, I'd love, what I always love is when they make extra efforts for things that don't need to be there, but, like... It's like the story of how Def Leppard always said that they wanted... Uh, is it Def Leppard or, or um, Moving Van Halen, actually? That they wanted so many M&Ms with the brown ones taken out or something like that. And they said the reason that they did that was it showed an attention to detail by the venue that means they know all their guitars and their tech requirements will also have been sorted out for them. 
because if they go to that level of effort. So it's little or, like, or their guitars would be filled with brown M and M's, possibly. But it's little efforts like the fact that because it's an unsanctioned match, Drake, the referee. I'm sorry, I know he's Drake Younger. I don't know what his real surname is that he has for these matches. Um, he's not wearing official WWF uh, WWE black and white stripes. He's wearing like um, a black polo neck with with the yellow insignia, like it's sort of training apparel or something. Yeah. He's to... also wearing gloves from yes. the start. Yes. It's like he knows some shit's going to go down, possibly. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Champa ending, entering to no music? I kind of wished he'd kept that going throughout his entire heel run. Uh, I loved it. It really and... soaks in the crowd. And it, it gives the crowd more of a chance to feel a part of it, I suppose. I, I initially had your opinion. Um... <laughs> But I do like his theme. It's a bit of a banger. And um, I think it's one of those things where the crowd would have got bored of it eventually. Mm. I think there's only so long that that's unique. Well, I mean, there was a main roster equivalent they were doing with Dolph Ziggler as well. And yes. It gets a bit stale quite quickly, you uh, know. I think, didn't Vladimir Kozlov have a similar thing, possibly? He started. I know to... his entrance was very minimalist. Like, he uh, had and then it was just left. like a um, Slavic beat yeah. march thing. I wasn't the... really watching WWE at that time. Uh, yeah, much at all. Um, not that I watch much of it now. But um, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the best example of that was Vince McMahon's run right up to the 1999 Royal Rumble, where he didn't enter to music, and it worked because the ins- the implication was that he's not even supposed to be on screen but circumstances keep forcing him to do it you know yeah like he doesn't have anything cued whereas now like anyone after the 99 royal rumble where he took the 99 royal rumbles theme as his entrance music and now like when he makes his entrance at wrestlemania you know the post wrestlemania roars the crowd's singing along to it you know oh it is beautiful as a song it's just so yeah, what you, until you've done it, you don't really realise how like much of a nice moment it is to do. Um, oh, I was going to say. I was going to say... Um, jo- yeah, th- themes in general, like, I think, as I say, the whole Champa thing, it, it works. Maybe if he kept just doing it just at takeovers, mm. like so he could like soak in the atmosphere, maybe there was a value to it. But mm. I, I get why it was moved on quite quickly. Mm. It's a funny thing as well, isn't it, where the crowd is booing, and, and obviously the crowd do one of the most famous crowd chants ever in this match. We'll get to it at a more appropriate time. It's really putting across like the audience wanting to play, though. Like yeah. they've decided we're going to hate Champa as if we're like a Southern States wrestling crowd, because they're still smart asses that, you know, they still do the two yells when there's a two count and all that sort of stuff. But for some reason, they've decided the Gargano Champa feud is the one that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna boo Tommaso Champa like he's nineteen eighty five Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Well, Gargano has. So even though it is almost like you can see through the facade of the crowd, it's still like I'll take that as close as we can get to the the real stuff, you know. Well, he's like him being like NXT's nearly man had endeared him to the audience as well. It's not like it's just a case of they've decided to make it a thing. It it's a thing off the back of their work. I think it's also 
See, I always say about the social media aspects, and I'm never really that aware of it, but my understanding is that Champa's social media work is of a, a higher standard than pretty much everyone. He's one of the best uh, Him and on Kevin Twitter. Owens and, yeah. You know, not many others behind that. Becky Lynch, um, yeah, absolutely yeah. bodying Ronda for a few straight months. Mm. So why I don't want to go through like a play-by-play thing for this. For, for one reason, the match is 37 minutes long, so I don't really want to do it. But what I think that they do well throughout it is they really get across the personal aspect of it. At all points, there's a hatred and a desperation to beat the other one. Yeah. Um, well... Because obviously Gagano's got to survive and Champa yeah. wants to get rid of him once and for all. Yeah. And um, like early on when uh, Gargano wins their uh, early brawl and, and hits one of his slingshot spears, like one of his trademark moves, like within the first few minutes. Uh, and then he hits the tope, you know, where everyone's got to have one. Yeah. But it works in this insofar as like he needs to just get on him at all times. Like he sends him outside the ring, so he immediately wants to. The quickest way to get to him to continue the beating is to do a tope. It's to just launch yourself yeah. at him. Yeah. I What I like is they do frantic stuff. And when they like engage with each other, it's at a frantic pace. Mm. But the pace of the match itself is quite measured, and they they give themselves a space where they don't do too much. It's not just a blur or a succession of moves. They make things sit and stew and mean something. I think this is I think this is very much Triple H and Shawn Michaels' baby again, like so much of NXT is. I think they love. I almost think like they they feel like if they were both in their physical prime now, these are the matches they'd be having in the in the twenty eighteen version of wrestling. Well, maybe a little were... bit less um, agile, just purely because Triple H's frame is much bigger. Maybe, but, but yeah. you never know. You never know um, if Triple H could do, it. or at least um, the epic story and the incorporation of props and Chekhov's gun methods and weaponry and symbolic weaponry you know we go back to Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker in 97 and it all being framed around chair shots to the head Yeah. where similarly with this one it's framed all around crutch shots to the back and their um, unsanctioned street fight that the unsanctioned street fight that Triple H and Shawn Michaels had was like sledgehammer well, yeah, I mean, well. that was the one, again, just unsanctioned. So it suggests that that's something that Triple H likes, or Triple H yeah. and Shawn Michaels like. Maybe they grew up on loving the um, lights out, as was what it was called, uh, meaning that it was they would put the lights out to indicate that the show was over and that now we're in a, you know, a, 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 non, a non-sanctioned match that yeah. will follow the rules of wrestling without necessarily being an official wrestling match. I think doesn't Champa isn't that one of the things Champa says going after after this match that like it never happens so it doesn't count technically or something. Yeah, like he does say that it doesn't go against his record or anything like that as it was unsanctioned. Yeah. So Gargano so like I said is that there's that and there's the personal animosity and the desire to humiliate each other like early on when Gargano sets him up in in the uh, for a pile driver or a powerbomb or something on the table he gives him an almighty wedgie. Oh, yeah. We see a lot of Champa ass. Nothing wrong with that. This impressive ass. I'm not going to dispute that. I'm sure there are fans of it. 
I'm not an ass man myself, unlike Billy Gunn, but Billy Gunn will be having the time of his life watching that. <laughs> I just love the little like uh, jab with like the tablet as well, just to try and get away in that spot, in that moment. It's just like, get your hands on anything. Yeah. And they're just both fighting utterly dirty with each other throughout the whole thing. And, and you know, when Champa gets control, he immediately starts ripping up the mat to try and hit him on the cement, which we get the playoff payoff to later on when they're in the ring and he's going for a submission hold. He's going for his clover hitch. Gargano's literally grabbing his beard to try yeah. and prevent him turning it. And when um, Champa's in the Gargano escape, like the first time, he rakes the eyes. Yeah. Um, There's also his like dick kick as well. And, like any anything oh, yeah. to like just get the advantage because you can. And the babyface isn't harmed by it because it's unsanctioned. It's yeah. You yeah, know, there's... it's not cheating. Yeah, there's stamping on the head. That you know, there's all sorts of, and and like you say, he's he. he, he... I mean, what do you think of the crowd plant thing? It's a bit too cheesy for my liking. That there just happened to be a, an audience member in the front row. I think the best use of that ever was when uh, Mad Dog Vachon was in the ah. front row for the Good Friends Better Enemies, which is another match, I guess, along this template that you could see as like a a, a forbearer to this, again, with Shawn Michaels' involvement. Um, he attacks Mad Dog Vachon, who just coincidentally happens to have a prosthetic leg. Yeah, and so they're able off. to use that. Yeah, I I don't mind there being a plan. I know what you mean. It's just a, he's just surrounded by basically no one, and it's a very weird place to put him. Yeah. Um, well, to be fair, I get. Well, that's but how else do you get crutches into it? You know. Yeah. Well, he just looks under the ring, and there's crutches there. Because it's obvious that he set some there, and obviously someone moved them. Yeah. Because he keeps he yells at the ref, doesn't he? Like, where are they? Did you move them? Mm. And he's like, no, I don't know what you're on about. But yeah, okay, I get we. No, I, I think you, I think it's fine. Mm. Um, it could be made maybe like disguised a little better, but it doesn't detract from the match. Um, not unlike you know we've sometimes seen some like obvious like setups and obvious like people in the crowd, but. It's not the end of the Maybe world. Maybe if there'd have been a better level of acting from the uh, the crutch, the, the person dispossessed of a crutch. Are you saying he wasn't a crutch performer? No, he couldn't do it right. in, the cr- in the clutch or in the crutch. Or right. in the crotch, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to cast aspersions. Uh... <laughs> I- I'm sure he's under a lot of pressure at work. It's just cold in here. It's fine. It's not the size. It's what you do with it, okay? Yeah. Of course, I wonder as well. I think this was a um, a tacit acknowledgement of people's complaints during the um, Kenny Omega Chris Jericho no holds barb match from a few months earlier. When Gargano reaches the ropes, it is not a rope break, and the ref yeah. tells him that, and so he has to crawl out the ring so that Champa just doesn't have the leverage anymore to hold on to it. Yeah. But like, he has to like sliver away, sort of thing. Yeah, I like how also the weaponry that is involved. It's used in in different. It's it's like they're trying to maximize its usage. So not only do they do the table spot on the announcer's table and and take out the announcer's mics as well. Again, reminiscent of the Good Friends Better Enemies match when that happened to Vincent Mann and uh, Jerry Lawler. But it's not just that. So when the table's done, there's still that board that usually they just take off and then. Never use it. They actually use that as another spot for a, a, essentially another table spot. 
Yeah, and they suplex off of the table, not mm. through it as well. So like it's used as a platform as well. Uh, it's like with the crutch. Yeah. Um, well, the crutch is used like they use every. It's like using every piece of the animal when you yeah. when you when you're making when you when a hunter's uh, using it for meats. They use every part of the crutch, and they use the 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 drama and the tension of who can gain control of the crutch. And like when when Gargano wins it, there's a look of utter despair on Champa's face because he knows what's about to happen, basically. Yeah, and when um, Gargano like stamps it in half and goes to stab uh, Champa. Well, let's come what... towards the end, but let's let's wait till we get to that because there's other spots before that to talk about. Mm. Um, it's. It's really like the the way the match is structured, uh, as as I've alluded to earlier. Like I I just love the fact that they're not zipping around the ring like mm. late on in the match. It's not like a surge of adrenaline move fest kind of thing. There are surges of adrenaline, but it's yeah. to survive. It's more well, raw there's, in there's, its nature. There's a moment of Johnny Gargano babyface fire where he does my. Oft repeated, don't do this move if you don't want to do it. If you don't, can't do it perfectly. What's the one <laughs> move that they screw up in the whole match? Spike Rana. Reverse Rana. Yep. I think just people need to stop doing it. I would probably put uh, that ahead of Topes for people that people moves that just people should stop doing. Oh, uh, Topes in terms of like how often they're used, but in terms of like execution, I, I get like, what you getting it wrong. I feel yeah. like it's got a much worse hit rate. Oh yeah, yeah. Not everyone can do it. So you get again. You get the Chekhov's gun element that the wrestlers love to utilize so much now, with the the concrete. And so the moment when we finally get it, that they build it up and build it up, and Gargano finally de- does the sunset flip power bomb. Yeah, while well, he wriggles free from the like driver. Yeah, uh, the same driver that uh, Champa used when he drove him through the announce table when he turned on him. Mm. So there was almost that, you know, it ends where it begins kind of element to it. Like the poetic element that I think well, like Champa the, the guy to... who sets so... up being the one that receives it, you know, the sadist well, that wanted to do it in the first place. Yeah, and also with the same move that he, you know, ex- put his exclamation point on be- his betrayal with as well. I, it's just that I think there's, despite all of his survivalistic nature, um, Champa also wants to sign off with a flourish. Mm. There's a great moment where he pats himself on the back, which is just like pure dickhead. It's oh just... yeah, he's he's fantastic heel trolling and mock applauding yeah. the audience. And when you know when he made his entrance, he did the DIY. Well, he did Johnny Gargano's part of the DIY pose, and he does yeah. that later on in the match as well when he's going for his knee. Well, he does his half of the tag team finisher. That splat of Champa's back. Oh, but the sound! But what's so funny is that for years and years, people were hitting concrete. Yeah, and you know Bill Watts when he came and took over WCW, we got rid of those mats. Obviously, Cactus Jack made a a bit of a living in the early days of taking flat back bumps off the apron onto concrete. And now and, look at how he moves. Yeah, but it's so funny because it doesn't happen at all like now. Yeah, but like Austin was taking backdrops on the cement most of the time. That was like one of the few big spots he could really take during his post-neck fusion surgery, because he'd always do that bit where he'd go to pile-drive them and they backdrop out of it. Um, 
Well, it's a safe. Is well, it because? It's is it because the? Is, it, yeah. Is it because they mic'd it up just right so that we'd hear it? Is it? I don't know why. Maybe is it just a fortunate coincidence that he did make that sound. Did they. You know, I imagine they always make that sound. I don't know, but yeah, maybe it's a case of where like, where the mic was. Like, mm. I think, I think his back was wet from sweat as well. Yes, um, I don't think a dry back makes <laughs> makes that sound. Neither does Ryback because he's too muscular. And of course, the first, the last, the only time a "You Deserve It" chance <laughs> was enjoyed by me. I think. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, the crowd hate him, and it's great. Like, uh, you see, why Champa works as a heel is because he's not trying to be cool. Mm. He's not trying to be like an edgy guy. He's just like, I'm a knob. Yeah. But he's not like, I'm a knob, I'm a knob, if you know what I mean. He's not like, oh, it's not like in the IT crowd when Roy's like, God, I'm a bastard. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, yeah, I guess. You I, don't, you I, don't, I, mean. I don't know, he's being a heel, and a heel's whole thing is, God, I'm a bastard. He's yeah. doing a good job of it. He's not doing a, a Roy job of it. But he makes it, that's my point, he makes it seem so natural to what his character is. Mm. Whereas sometimes with heel turns, it just seems like, oh, I'm evil. Oh, and yeah. Just, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there are obvious examples of that, like Goldberg. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, and, well, it, it doesn't help Goldberg that he didn't want to do that. Yeah, of course. Um,. But again, and, and they do the Chekhov's gun again with the with the exposed middle buckle. That's where you get into the question again I've got with Jody Gargano matches. And I think it's almost because of where he went after this that this almost became cliche. And like the huge, you know, some of the kickouts again towards the end are pretty crazy. Um, is it is it overindulged? You know, like they're oh. going 37 minutes, they're getting 45 minutes of a two and a half hour show on the WrestleMania, they're allowed to do everything they want, and they're allowed to kick out of everything they want. At what point does it become bloated and excessive, like Triple H and Shawn Michaels at their worst, like their 45-minute Hell in a Cell match, or elements of the three, well, the four Undertaker, Triple H, Shawn Michaels matches? You know, taking up four years of the Undertaker's streak is pretty self-indulgent. Yeah, although in Sean's case, you could argue that the first match went so well, you just wanted to have a second. Um, I don't think this is this particular match is overindulgent. I think it's just really well paced and really well structured. Do you think it creates cliches or it creates a structure that becomes too explicitly obvious then in later takeover matches? Maybe. Um, I don't think it's this specific match that does that. I think. Uh, NXT main events as a whole uh um, well, yeah you're already getting it with the Andrade started, match have I started suppose. to set yeah yeah with the Andrade match um the non Gargano one of the biggest cases of overindulgence uh the war games match mm. with undisputed era taking on uh war raiders and Ricochet and Pete Dunne that's mm. massively overindulgent Look, but I, I think that's an like, NXT um... What, Gargano, Champa, and Street Profits, maybe? Or who would it be against Street the NXT era this year? Uh, well, Street Profits aren't NXT anymore. Well, I guess Gargano's now been moved on to Finn Balor, maybe. But you think yeah. that, you know, maybe they're going to hold off War Games. Well, at the time of this release, you probably will know one way or the other. Yes. Um, but no, I think it's a main event problem. I don't think it's a Johnny Gargano problem in NXT. Mm. 
to summarise. But obviously, the most recent one that sticks in everyone's mind is Gagano Cole. Mm. And that was massively overindulgent. Or at least the last of the three matches was. Yeah. Because uh, we'll have, we have got a one Gargano Cole match to talk about, so it'll be interesting again to see how it lines up. Um, yeah, but like, I'm just looking at, I'm just going to reel off some of the things get kicked out of towards the end. So, uh, Champa does his half of the DIY finisher, the knee to the back of the head with the exposed knee. Uh, that gets a long two count. He hits the Gargano escape that he gets the ropes and then he rolls to the outside and rolls into the ring, but then Champa eye gouges out of it. Yeah. Um, oh, I do love, uh, yeah. So then at one point he does his power bomb back cracker that gets a long two count. So then, um, he, so yeah, that, that, um, Gargano does the lawn dart into the exposed middle turnbuckle, follows up with a soup kick, and then a, and then picks him up when he's already out on his feet, and does the DIY pose and a second soup kick. That doesn't get the three counts. Um, then Champa hits the powerbomb backbreaker from the second rope, and that doesn't get a three count either. That, that, that was a very long two count as well if memory serves me correctly they really really like eked every ounce they could out of that move mm. um I, I get where you're coming from um it's just because it happens in so many of his matches going forward you know yeah. but again like... that's because he's in the main event more often than not i i personally think it's a main event problem not an not a johnny gargano well, problem well i think kicking out finishes is a wrestling problem but this is the you know this is 0.0.0.0 on the map yeah if you're gonna then branch it out into everyone else that does it you know well yeah uh, the, the nxt is the super indie it's the wwe indie and obviously since then you've had seth rollins doing 11 Curb stomps and and you know, I don't want to talk of, about that. Yeah, but we, yes. we've already we've already addressed this. We don't want to bring up Seth Rollins in all of these ones, but because it, it so in that moment. But again, are we just not having fun? Are we just the fun police at this point and say, oh no, it's not? Luthers used to make people pin people with a thez press. Um, a little, but on the flip side. Suspension of disbelief. The whole point of a finishing move is it's meant to be able to finish an opponent. And yeah, you can kick out a one if the situation calls for it. If like the covers like, I, I think it's an overused tool. Mm. Finisher kick out. Well, I think what makes it work is that the finish that they do go with is so poetic and beautiful and callbacks and you know again props and they've set things up that it works around the knee brace, the thing that took John Tommaso Champa out. Immediately after he turned on Gargano, you know, and yeah. th- that had been the base of the crutch used as a weapons. He'd, you know, when he left Gargano, he'd need him in the face with that injured knee, you know. You, so you assume that in storyline, and if they said that that exacerbated it, but it, you know. Must have done. And what's beautiful as well is it calls back all the way to the original match that they had during the first round of the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. Are you aware of this? So I don't know if you watched. I had seen this. I have seen this match previously, where they uh, sit down with each other after the bell. Well, no, it's not just that. But when Champa's going for his running knee, 
yeah. to the dazed Gargano, he hesitates. And just like with this one, when that would have been the killer blow, and similarly Gargano with the you know with the with the crutch is going for the killer blow and he stops. Yeah. Out of a con- is it out of a concern? You don't know. And what's so think beautiful? It's, uh, yeah, um... And it can't have been intentional, but it's. I mean, mwah, if you were, if you were making a film out of it, the makeup team would have done it. The fact that at that moment Johnny uh, Tommaso Ciampa has a black eye and yeah. he looks like the Johnny Gargano symbol. Um. I've, yeah. I know that's that's that is a nice. Obviously, it's not intentional, but it's, yeah. you know, it's perfect. I, I think it's a bit like the Magnum uh, T.A. Tully Blanchard yes. bit, where he's staring at his hands afterwards. Yeah. I, I think that's part of what they're trying to convey. Because, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Johnny's like, well, what am I becoming to to do this kind of thing? If it had ended with them sitting together, and because it was an unsanctioned match, it didn't even have to have a finish, and deciding to walk off together... Yeah. Would you? What would you have been your reaction? Would you have thought, "What? That'd be." It would have been the most daring finish you could have possibly done. I wouldn't have liked it. You wouldn't have liked it. No, I. I think the way, um, he'd built up like blaming Johnny for like having to do what he did to Johnny and thing. That they'd set the table. They, I think they'd gone too far in setting the table at this point. It's you had to have this. Well, let me ask you this then. Should Johnny have fallen for it and lost the match because he then gets a knee brace to the face? Because this feels so much like the finish of the feud and instead it goes on for another, you know, months afterwards. Um, No, no, Johnny shouldn't have. It's a match I think Johnny had to win. Um, from a storyline perspective, you've like driven yourself into a cul-de-sac. Uh Johnny can't always be the nearly man. He's got to have this win um, to just keep him at the top table. Mm. And it's hot shit. And like, you just go with it. Like, get your baby face over. And they did. Mm. Well, yeah, and I've got no real problem with it. What I do love as well is that, and it does work, that he always, in that moment, he's like, I'm going to give you a chance, but you screw me. The second you try and do it, I'll be on you. It was yeah. one of my it was one of my favorite bits when Sting when Ric Flair calls on Sting to be his partner in '95, and yeah. Sting's like, "I'll do it, but the second you turn on me, I'm after I'll you." And when, and when Flair does turn on Sting, Sting is immediately trying to punch him. Like, I knew you were gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I do this? <laughs> oh, Sting, who won't turn on you? <laughs> um, so it did work in that Johnny Gargano literally had the duck in, you know, ready for it, and that Chapman yeah. was given his chance, and he doesn't Andy deserve redemption. Yeah, and that when he does, then uses his own knee brace to him with the STF instead of doing the Gargano escape, and that Champa then pretty much taps out immediately as well. I love that. Mm. Well, yeah, you you are as a fan of. Uh, people tapping out as soon as holds. Mm. What was also noticeable as well? There was one of my. This is my last note that I had afterwards. Was how eerily quiet the crowd were at moments. Mm. Do you get where I'm coming from? They seem like the ultimate high or down, like barely making a sound. I guess it's a, in a way. I think it's a compliment because they were transfixed. They weren't bored. Yeah, it's the tension. It's, it was it's almost like a Matt Stryker's version of a Japanese crowd. <laughs> 
I, I, I somehow knew it was coming towards Stryker in some way, but... Can you uh, imagine Matt Stryker commentating on this match? No, no, I don't want to. God. <laughs> like, that, should be, that should be a Twitter account. Stryker commentates on classic matches. I, I think you've just got to let it go, Lorcan, at this point. Never. Unlike Tommaso Ciampa after this <laughs> feud, after this match, I will not let this feud go. Never. Ever. So the story, I don't think, well, no match subsequent to that between them got five stars. But the feud definitely went on. If it had ended at uh, the last takeover with a with a with Gargano winning the title from Champa, yeah, would it have been the greatest storyline in WWE history? Would it be up there with like um, you know, Austin McMahon? It'd have had like a what? nice fairy tale ending, you know. But I like the way it was in its own like special way. I ha- mm. Like they made I'm, the I'm most happy... out of what they what they were left with. Yeah. Because that's the thing with like you know fantasy writing. There's never any injuries or any suspensions, oh, yeah, as yeah, yeah. you've often said. Um, just life flows in a direction. You've got to go with it. And I love like, to write with it. My favorite storylines, and this was one of them, draws in other people. It drew in Andrade. It drew in Alistair Black. It yeah. drew in Nikki Cross. You know, um, it drew in Adam Cole towards the end of it. Yeah. Obviously, William Regal was always a supporting player in it, being William Regal and obviously being fantastic at everything he does. Um, and, He's a god of a GM. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just I, I think this is what this is what Triple H and Shawn Michaels' vision of the sports entertainment WWE is like. This is this is the best thing that they've done. Yeah. And I don't even know how much direct involvement they have, but I feel like this is close to their vision of epic pro wrestling as a soap opera telling stories and having two fantastic talents taking their opportunity to do that. Everything lined up perfectly for this. Because neither of these guys were ever, outside of Johnny Gargano's run in Dragon Gate, neither of these guys were really given this kind of uh, uh, platform in the indie scene particularly, Champa was yeah. never really a main event talent anywhere that he went. You know, he never made any Battle of Los Angeles finals or anything like that, you know? Whereas... I think conver- he was a TV champion ROH, but never got anything above that. Yeah, whereas conversely, the uh, Steam Generico rivalry, which is WWE's other, like, yeah. um, best friends ready-made to c- combust... Um, storyline. They they had already a done it and b main evented well, uh, Ring of Honor pay per views. It's between this or, or Sasha Banks Bailey, isn't it? Really, which we've already covered. Yeah, and that did have the perfect ending essentially. Well, again, the self indulgence of the flower presentation and everything. I wasn't you know hugely in love with, but there we go. Uh, yeah, can you imagine if at the end of this Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa were given flowers? Oh god, and the entire locker room came out. The only time that's worked is when Kevin Owens chucked him out the ring mm. in uh, Beast from the East. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't really have... Like I said, this is, it's it's excessive, but the excess works in this instance, and I am going to give it five stars. The guy whose Twitter feed inspired this, the Twitter stream, says that this is the greatest match he's ever seen, and he's watched a heck of a lot more wrestling than either of us. Yeah. I think he I... six and a half stars or something like that. Yeah. I don't think this particular version is ex- is excessive. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say it's five stars. <laughs> uh, oh, no, it's, it's five stars. It's compared to everything that's come before it. it it's, uh, it's definitely it's five stars. Insofar as it's more of something. Uh, see, I, I, I really like the way this was paced. And I don't think there was... I, I, well, I, when I Heavy take... Metal started out, it was excessive. But it yeah. just, you know... I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of kickouts where you think, ooh, but... You know what? I, I I just really love this match, mm. and it's it, it's five stars for me. Okay, sounds like it might be a contestant. Maybe when we get to um, debrief time, which in case you're wondering, we're not going to do it after ten episodes because that will only take us to uh, June of 2018. So we're going to cover all of 2018, which brings us up to episode 120, and then we will do a debrief. Uh, so you're gonna have to wait 20 episodes for the next one of those. Um. Is there anything left to add, Sai? I'm sure I've thought I've got something in my mind that I can't. Uh, no, there's nothing further from point. from myself. So I'll just kick myself afterwards when I forget. <laughs> but if but if people want to get in touch with you, Simon, and give some more um, suggestions, what can they do? Uh, people can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as uh, Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the number of times I replayed the sound of Champa hitting the concrete in my head. My name is Lorcan Mullen, that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for torn ACL, N for neck fusion surgery. Uh, that's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, all that good stuff. If you put an at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. Buy my book, Confessions of a Smart Wrestling Fan. Uh, follow the podcast, that's lmtyspod at gmail.com is our email address. And lmtyspod is our Twitter handle. What have we got next, Simon? Uh, we don't get a second NXT match, but we're going somewhere that we've never been to before. Well, yes, no, we're going to Spain. Uh, to this White year we're Wolf. off to sunny Spain. Yeah, we're off to White Wolf Wrestling to so watch. So wouldn't that be Blanca, uh, I don't know, Lupanos or something like that? Quite possibly. Thankfully, they call it White Wolf. Um, and the crowd speak quite a bit of English in this, so I- I'm going to avoid using Spanish. Uh, it's someone we've seen before, Zack Sabre Jr., taking on someone we haven't seen before in The A-Kid. Mm. Well, that's something to look forward to from Lucha de Lobo Blanco. But until then, there's nothing left to say except my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time. Every girl I know deserves a packet of stars. Every girl I know deserves a packet of stars. Every girl I know Deserves a packet of stars Every girl I know Well, first there's the girls that had the babies If that's not the greatest miracle in the world 